Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hi, I'm Susie McIntyre. And I'm Russ Weaver. And we want to welcome you to Cowboy Church. Now, now a lot of people are kind of getting used to having church online on their TVs and not congregating in a building. Oh yeah, excuse me. <laughs> oh, I'm not knowing. <laughs> We're supposed to yeah. be six feet apart. But yeah. if we hold our feet sideways, we can make six in between there. That's that, yeah. So that's, we're trying to comply, right? Six. Yeah, yeah. I, I just figured there's some there's some really uh, common sense things that you need to exercise mm -hmm. at times like this. Mm -hmm. One is, if you're gonna wear a mask, understand that it will breathe. Because if it didn't breathe, it would choke you. Right. It, so uh, you it's are not still gonna... taking in air. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and they say some spit is actually going out. <laughs> so it, I, it just don't, you don't know what to think. You don't know what to hear. But the thing is, just use some common sense. That's exactly right. You know, we should always, always use common sense. When it's flu season, uh, when it's just whenever, when we get a cold in the summertime, we should isolate ourselves. We should take precautions to always wash our hands and uh, just, just like you say, just use some common sense about it all. Anyway, we're glad that you have joined us for Cowboy Church. Sit back and relax. We're going to have a great time. One of our favorite guests on Cowboy Church is Tommy Brandt, mm -hmm. a great musician, great songwriter, and great, great singer. He does some tremendous work, and we're so glad to have Tommy Brandt with us today. This song means a lot to me. A guy called me from Houston, Texas one time, and he was just about ready to take his life. Said he had a loaded pistol to his hand. And uh, man, I tell you, it's amazing how people can get so low in their life that they're ready to take it. And this guy said that he just happened to turn the radio on and there was a song called I Believe in Angels on there. And he said it made him have a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope left over that he put that pistol down. And I'm so thankful that uh, God has just given me a gift of, of singing and playing and writing gospel music that I can make a difference. Maybe just save one more person from hell. Amen. He was sitting on the back row pew as the preacher asked for lost souls to come down to the front and give your life. As a million thoughts ran through his mind, pictures of his sinful life cut right through his heart like a knife. And all at once he felt a hand on his shoulder helping him Made his way down to the front And on his knees his life began I believe in angels I believe they will put here on this earth To lead us away from temptation And deliver us from hurt You know there's a place 
You pay this price for all our sins Never complain but simply say Forgive them Lord they know not what they do When the angel rolled away the stone To reveal that empty tomb He proclaimed the Lord is risen Now go forth and spread the news I was reading my devotions this week and I had kind of, I don't, I wouldn't call it an epiphany, but it was kind of one of those things where um, it caught my attention. Let's just put it that way. If you've been reading along in the Bible, we're reading in Exodus. I'm at Exodus chapter 26. So we're going through all these rules and regulation, and I, to be real honest with you, I was kind of in a state of, of yawning. <laughs> I just, some of those are just hard to read through. And, you, and I know there's importance in them, and I know there's layers, and I know there's some things that you could be digging out, and I'm, I'm just trying to pull something out of it. And I read this, and all of a sudden, I felt like I was a special person. It says, you shall... In verse 36, you shall make a screen for the door of the tabernacle. That caught my attention 
because we've been building that outdoor kitchen and then the, the screened in porch. And I, the only thing I haven't made on that is the screen door. It's got a bare design on it with the screen on it. And it's, it was too exotic for me to attempt, but it's a really cool screen door. And I thought the door to the temple is a screen door. And, and I thought, isn't that, isn't that interesting? And I don't even know why it's interesting, but it's a, a screen door to the temple, to the tabernacle. It says woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen made by a weaver. <laughs> well, I, I probably at a time like this, we should pray because I'm not sure <clears throat> about the next few things. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would guide our steps and our words. Help us, Lord, to, to dig out some truths you have for us in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, then I want to I read another verse that is kind of an abstract verse to this that we're, we'll be building our message around. It's Romans 12. We're still studying around the book of Romans, but it gets to verse 9. And I'll just read, since we're a little bit short on time. I will just read the ninth verse because the rest of them are items that all fit within the, the parameter and the outline that's given in verse nine. It says this, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor or hate or dislike what is evil, cling to what is good. And I thought, man, that's it in a nutshell. At, let love be without hypocrisy and let abhor that which is evil, hate evil, and cling to that which is good. So I just made a little outline of that because I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to kind of dig into this a little bit, but, but I, was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, you know, I always wanted to find in my genealogy that I had some Jewish blood in there because I just feel like those guys are blessed, you know? And so my son did this genealogy and he said that, he said, dad, guess what? I said, well, I have no idea. I know some of my family members and part of it, I was intrigued. Part of it, I was a little nervous and apprehensive <laughs> because we have a few people, you know, that are, are Thanksgiving specials. Uh, and, and so I was, I was looking at, at his genealogy, and I noticed in there that the last king of Israel, who was, he was a French guy that was married to this Israeli princess, and he became the last king of Israel, and he's in my genealogy. The problem is, the girl that he married to become the king was not the mother to the ones in my genealogy. So I don't have that genealogy connection, but as, as close as it gets. And I was so disappointed, you know, cause I was, I was right, right there. And still I'm, I don't have any Israeli in there. And, and Levi says, well, but dad, he says, here's something that will help you. We also have a guy who is the, a, a king of the Vikings. And I thought, well, if you can't be king of Israel, 
At least be the king of the Vikings. So I was pretty excited about that. But, you know, the, most, of, most of the things I find out about weavers are just pretty ordinary stuff. Well, and this was all mulling around in my head, you know, just how things do. And I was driving down the road. Anna's got this new car. And, and on, in that car, they have this XM. Uh, we get a free deal for a month. So I was listening to the, the comedy channel. And this guy in the laugh channel, he's, he's going on about, he says, I live on an unusual road. He says, everybody that lives on my road is named after a profession. He said, like we have next door, we have, we have some people that are called butchers and we have some people that are across the street. They're called cooks. We have a baker down the road. And then he told about another one. The only way I know how to explain that is if they were at cowboy church, his name would have been stall cleaner. And that would be hyphenated, you know. So, so the, the name behind Weaver, I find out, has to do with people that, that actually do clothing. So I did, I did a little bit of research and looked back at, in the, the Greek and Hebrew key study Bible and found the word for Weaver and what all of that means. And guys, I'm not preaching about me this morning. I'm just telling you this road that I took because... Everybody likes their name remembered. And, and that's one of the biggest problems that I have is remembering names. And, and everybody goes, oh, me too. Hey, but did you introduce your wife as my wife on the honeymoon? <laughs> honeymoon? Because I couldn't remember her name. <laughs> I had to go look at the marriage certificate to make sure... But I, f I found a couple of things about sewing. The, the Rohin, R-O-H-E-N, is one needle, one face, and it's on the outside. It's only that. But the weaver is a better deal because it's called choshib is the, is the Hebrew word, and it's the work of a weaver. Therefore, it has two faces on two sides of the material, and it's seen on both sides. And occasionally... It even has different images on both sides. But in the temple, I find out in my research, I find out in the temple that the reason that he wanted the weaving where it was on the inside as well as the outside is at that time, all people were sinners. And people that were sinners, for them to come in contact with the holy God, the body couldn't handle it. It was destructive, but he wanted the people to know what was going on on the inside. And so when they weaved that into the screen door, what you saw was an image of what was going to happen or happening on the inside of the temple because you couldn't take it. I thought, wow, what a cool thought. What a cool thought. And then, then the, when, the, uh, when the picture was different on both sides of the cloth, that's a type of hypocrisy. But if it's the same, it's a type of authenticity. It's an authentic kind of, of, a, of a deal. And they especially wanted on the temple for it to show on the outside what's happening on the inside. So already you know exactly where we're going with this message. What is on the inside 
begins to reflect what is going on on the outside. The Bible says God looks on the heart, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart and he is the one that judges. So we have, we have this, uh, this really cool illustration of what Christianity is supposed to be about. So I look up in Romans 12 and it talks about the three items that I, I was gonna say. It says, I mean, the three items that I was gonna preach about. And it says, love, without hypocrisy. Love without hypocrisy. Now, so I did a little research on hypocrisy. Guess where hypocrisy comes from? The word hypocrite. It comes from actors. I thought not much has changed. <laughs> hypocrisy is from actors. They would come in and they would play like they were something that they weren't. And that's what the stage deal was. And they, instead of an actor guild, it was called the hypocrites. Man, my dad used to have so many conversations about hypocrites because where hypocrites get pointed out the very most is in a church. You know that, don't you? If, if you're talking to people about church and they don't like church, one of the excuses they have for not going to church is that there are hypocrites in the church. That should never be. But the problem is they don't understand that if there weren't hypocrites in the church, they wouldn't be allowed. It's true. And that's not a smart aleck statement. That's just the truth. The truth is that nobody starts out perfect. And the longer we're with this thing, the more we begin to reflect what's going on the inside and it begins to authenticate. See, if you're not a Christian and everybody thinks you're a really good person, what has happened is what's lined up on the outside of your weaving is not the same thing that's coming out or starting on the inside of your weaving. And the only way, the only possible way that you can become a perfected person is by the power of God and God beginning to change so that the outside looks and reflects the same as what is going on on the inside. Wow, is great stuff. So acting, at what point, here's the question, at what point does a wannabe become? You say, well, hey, you didn't finish your sentence there. Yes, I did. Because us in cowboy culture that have been raised in it, there's, there's something about cowboys that have been around for a long time. They, they all start out as a wannabe. If you're two years old and you're dragging a rope around, you're still a wannabe. If you're 45 years old and you think, I like that, I wanna be a cowboy, you're a wannabe. And somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, every real cowboy goes through this process and nobody can describe the moment or the time that somebody become, becomes authenticated. When they are looked at by their peers or where they don't feel like they have to prove anything, they've arrived and they are the real deal. At what point does that happen? We don't know, but I'm telling you, every cowboy, you can talk with another cowboy for five minutes and you can authenticate in your conversation whether that guy's a real deal or not. It's a type of, uh, it's almost like spiritual discernment. 
You could be walking down the, uh, the hallway in an airport and look over and there's somebody you never met before. But when you see them, they see you, they go. And that's all that's needed because we already know. I don't know how that happens. I don't know why it happens, but you know that it happens. You know that it happens. And it happens in everything that we ever run into. If you are the real deal at anything, in five minutes, you can tell whether the next person you're talking to is the real deal or not the real deal or want to be. You can just tell. And guys, the sad thing is that we think in church that they can't tell. Well, we should probably go on. When you get saved, when you commit your heart to Jesus Christ, at that moment, you don't absolutely have it all straightened out in your mind. You can, you can be part of the redeemed, but there's something that happens in Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about the thing that happens. You present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's the thing that begins to authenticate who you are. And what we want as a goal is to become the real thing. And, and so when you commit your life to Christ, what you do is you want, to, you want as a desire, you want to be a Christian. You want to be the real deal. You don't want it to be hypocrisy. And we as a church allow people time to perfect who they are in Christ. We allow them to grow and mature and authenticate their walk with God to where what's going on on the inside correctly reflects the power of God changing on the outside. So what I want, what I want to know is, is at what point does it turn from practice into you're there? Well, truthfully, you never really arrive there until you get to heaven. That's just part of it. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line in order for us to be the kind of people God wants us to be to accomplish what he's assigned us to accomplish, we have to become the real deal. For some reason, you were in the house today watching Cowboy Church on a nice summer day. Maybe it's raining for them today. It happens you know, in the summer, hopefully. You, you just never know. Or maybe they were at a rodeo, you know, you, something like that. But a lot of people, they have those fancy TVs where they can record us and then watch us later. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> we're glad to have you with us. You know, it feels, it makes us feel right when we get the connection with you folks. And every once in a while, we get to know somebody that's been a part of that. Oh. You know, all the old guy team ropings, mm -hmm. they're all full of people that love to watch our program. <laughs> exactly. and, and I just, I just love connecting with them. If you're mm -hmm. one of those ropings, you know who we are, come up. I want to get to know you. I, I, this is a great connection and we really appreciate people yep. actually watching our program. <laughs> hey, thank you for your support for Cowboy Church. You can write to us at the address on the screen. You can email us. You can even just pray for us. We really, really appreciate that, but we love to hear from you. We love your cards and your letters. We are totally donor supported. So if you love what you are listening to and watching, we would appreciate your support. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on Cowboy Church.